All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Crossing Swords. As always, I'm Andrew. And I'm here to tantalise and haunt your every living moment. Or, you know, just as long as you've got the pod on. Yeah, so this week, uh, I think I can speak for both of us that with lockdown and everything like that, we're not really in the mood to do serious stuff at the moment, or it's more difficult <laughs> to, to get up no, for no, it. It's, there's, 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 you know, the phrase doom scrolling comes has become quite prominent in the last year or so there's there's a lot of bad stuff out there and all the serious stuff is really negative at the moment yeah uh, and, and, it's, so and i just find like if i'm having a bad day and we do the pod at the moment and we're doing the silly subject i'm always in a better mood after doing the mm. pod because we're just having a laugh whereas if we were to sit and talk about the state of affairs in pretty much any country in the world bar new zealand we'd be pretty upset and you know probably depressed by the end of it there's way too much negative stuff happening right now, so we don't want to pile onto that. So a lot of the upcoming ones are going to be, you know, they're not going to be. I know a lot of you guys really enjoy the in-depth ones that we do, but they're probably we've got episode be... sixty-nine coming up. But yeah, so this week, so yeah, basically we're trying to kick, and also, like from a selfish point of view, it's far easier to prepare for a silly one. Than a, than a serious one. But yeah. So this week we are doing one about. So what we're going to do, we, we've picked some horror stories slash ghost stories. We're going to tell them to one another and we're going to sort of talk about it, take the piss out of it, say how real we think it is. Please, please, we like to show respect. We're not going to take the piss. We're just going to give our honest opinions. And if that happens to fall under the offensive category, then fine. So be it. If we cross the lines, we cross the lines. I know what we're like. We're going to end up insulting an entire country of people or race of people or, you know, belief systems. Wait. <clears throat> okay, can I kick things like, off? I, I, I think our list, I've, I've lost count of how many different groups of people we've probably offended over the last year or I've so. Got, I've got a real one that came up the other day and I've only just remembered it and I can't believe that I didn't think to bring this to the table. So can I kick it off a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah by all means. So my, my, uh, <clears throat> my mum was telling me that she used to, um, she had some friends that lived in these block of flats and she used to visit them every now and then. And she said, whenever she was hanging outside waiting for them or whatever, she used to feel really creepy and uncomfortable and just, okay. just not right, man. <clears throat> and a few years after they moved out, it came up that basically that site used to be a, a, an old burial ground. Oh, so it's just creepy to be there in general. Yeah, but she was like, I've got these real feels, you know, I didn't know it was there. And then I found out it was there and I was like, man, there are so many people you should tell about that. They'll love that shit. The thing is, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? <clears throat> it's a real weird one, those sort of things. Um, I mean, With I had her. some, but there was a house near where, I mean, you used to live near me as well. Uh, do you know where, I'm trying to think of where it's called, uh, you know where the Londis is on Wallington Green? Mm. Well, just further along, if you go down towards Hatbridge and the Grange, there's the tiny mini pond and then the houses. Um, mm. And there was a house in there that used to be dilapidated and covered in foliage and looked like no one had lived there for years. And there was a rumour that no one lived there, that it was abandoned but that if you stood outside long enough, an old man would appear in the windows. Um, Brilliant. 
And he would. Why people are staring at his fucking. <laughs> so me and my mates, back when we were younger, used to like sneak round there, and we'd stand outside. And one day, he genuinely appeared at the windows, and we ran away screaming. <laughs> Can I just say this? You know, all this doing this during the the time of your teens and the peer pressure and whatever. Did anyone offer you to take anything before you went? No, you know, no. Were you under any influences? No, I must have been like. Well, I just, I don't know. 11 or 12 I just got this picture I went into hard drugs at 11 or 12 this, <laughs> this old agoraphobic man in his house and every now and then he's like the fucking kids are outside again just no but the house did house. look, look creepy look man. no the house looked creepy and if he did if there was a man living there he was living there alone and wasn't looking after himself well alright he's a fucking sad lonely pathetic man why not call the man out even further <laughs> no but I'm pr- like yeah but that was my sort of Ghost story, not ghost story. Your, your little ghost story. Yeah, yeah. Have you got any? Personally? <clears throat> yeah. No. No weird experiences? No ectoplasm? Or... <laughs> Plenty of ectoplasm. <laughs> Nothing weird about it. No, it was all expected. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a bit too sceptical for any of this stuff, and I, I genuinely can find an, uh, an explanation for most things. So there's not too many things in my life that I think... I think there's definitely... Yeah, like, looking back at my one, it was very much a case of it was a very sad, lonely old man that lived in a dilapidated house and didn't look after himself, you know, so it's it's quite sad, really. <laughs> and let's be honest, out of the two scenarios, uh, uh, someone who'd really let themselves go, really let the house go, versus a ghost, one is far more believable. <laughs> yeah. But I suppose when you're younger and like he did look creepy, like he was quite pale, he was huge. Bro, beard. you need to stop attacking this man. Okay, you are coming well, at him on a To be honest, level. I've been past that house recently. Someone's bought it, so I'm pretty sure he died, and it's been sold and renovated. I'm surprised the, sh- the shame of getting bullied by you lot. First, you attack we his did. personality. You're like he's sad and pathetic, and he's lonely, and no one cares for him. I don't think I ever said looks, pathetic. He's creepy in his beard. No, I might have added that. I don't think I was going to say. But yeah, he did look creepy. I'm sorry. It's just that's how it is. But right, um, should I give you the first story I picked? Yeah, sure, sure. Right, this one is apparently a true story. It's called the Axe Murder House. Uh, the Velisca Axe Murder House in Velisca, Iowa, is well is a well-known tourist attraction for ghost hunters and horror lovers alike. The site of a gruesome unsolved 1912 murder in which six children and two adults had their skulls completely crushed by the axe of an unknown perpetrator. Uh, the building was purchased in 1994... Restu- oh, that, that's a... All right, yes, I know. It was purchased in 1994 and restored to its 1912 condition and converted into a tourist. Why? Oh, I see, for the tourist purposes. Yeah, yeah, it costs $428 a night to stay at, um, where visitors always report strange paranormal experiences, such as visions of a man with an axe roaming the halls or the faint screams of children. (laughs) Whenever I hear the phrase, the faint screams of children... It's something, it's something really dodgy about that. Well, do you know what I can think of now? It's just what a great way to cover up your paedophile ring is just have it underneath the, <laughs> the haunted house. house. Like, I keep yeah. hearing, and keep people will pay to listen and to you're it. Like, oh, the ghosts, the ghosts, the ghosts. No, no, these kids were really real. Like I swear to God. 
But yeah, so but in November of 2014, the haunting took a darker turn. Robert Stephen Launson Jr. was 37 of Rhinelader, Wisconsin, was on a regular recreational paranormal visit. Now that's a weird phrase, isn't it? Just a as regular a sentence. recreational paranormal that's visit. Do you know what? what? Are you doing this weekend? Nothing unusual, just a regular that... recreational <laughs> paranormal. That is the answer to a question. Name a phrase that would lose you all credibility. <laughs> how, do you, how do you spot someone who doesn't have any friends? Kind of people gone. Regular. What's an irregular? What's an irregular? Mate, I'd, paranormal. Just like, do you know what I mean? What's the definition there? I don't know. I really don't. <clears throat> um, but he was. We have friends. lots of new hobbies to try. But they were on a regular recreational paranormal visit with friends when true horror struck. His companions found him stabbed in the chest and apparently self-inflicted wound. They called 911 and Launson was brought to a nearby hospital before being helicoptered to Creighton University Medical Center in Omaha. The Montgomery County Sheriff's Office said Launson suffered the self-inflicted injury about 12.45am, which is around the same time the 1912 axe murders in the house began. Now, I want to know how they knew that. Who was... <laughs> yeah, like... <clears throat> but Launson recovered from his injuries, but never spoke publicly about what occurred. Uh, for Martha Lynn, the owner of the home, the incident was very upsetting. It's publicity, but not the exactly the kind of publicity you desire to have i don't want people thinking that when they come to visit the Velisca axe murder house someone's gonna try and do something to them <laughs> the house remains open for tourist visits and overnight stays to this day first of all i think we've got to commit to doing a pod out there from the from the Velisca. No, no. House. Like you know, I'm, I'm, I sort of believe in this stuff. I wouldn't risk spending the night there. But I think, like, I'd actually want like, a priest it? with me. That can be arranged. You can hire them. Oh, they, I mean, they're not real priests, but they dress. Is it? You know, they have. The, <laughs> I was going to say, what, is there a priest hotline? <laughs> it's six 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 opposite. No, it's nine nine nine. Sorry. No, it can't be nine nine nine. Nine nine nine. Hello, priest, please. <laughs> Could you imagine if they went one second? <laughs> and I got and the priest. And... This this guy in, in a church somewhere, like Batman in the Batcave, slides down his pole, slips into his car, and off into the night. <laughs> Exorcism kit in his car. Is... Exorcism kit. And like, <laughs> do you know what? I bet his ringtone is "The Power of Christ Compels You." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that'll be old men music. <laughs> yeah, with what, what with tubular bells on in the background. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like as well. That implies that like you've got to have like an on-duty priest. So, like, well, nine, 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 if nine, I'm going somewhere haunted, like, yeah, I want protection. Also, the idea that you're calling nine 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 and going, I want a priest, and they're like, <laughs> okay, what's the emergency? And you're like, no, there's no emergency. I'm going on a trip. <laughs> I just like to have one. The thing is, the thing is, I feel embarrassed saying nine nine nine, but it's the opposite of triple six, which is obviously the number of the devil. Yeah, why wouldn't you just call triple six? 
Because you wouldn't have the devil's number as the number you called okay, what about, the devil. What about triple seven? That's God's number, right? Triple seven. Is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. All right, well, fine. I'm we'll go triple seven. I'm not an expert, then. but... Well, Jake, quite frankly, the fact you didn't come prepared. <laughs> no, I just yeah. I really want you to call 999 and ask for a priest. <laughs> no, do you know what? I do a video where I did it, but I genuinely don't believe people should waste... Uh, their time so yeah i'll just um but okay but yeah, anyway, so what anyway, do you think of the story i think a man was going through some serious shit had some serious mental problems uh, emotional problems went out to this house and i imagine just the thought of those poor children dying having their lives cut short was just enough to push him over the edge and think fuck this world you know i'm doing some do some self-harm and the fact that everyone around him didn't go, mate, our friend, you know, what was his name? John or something. Yeah, John Lanson. So they're not going like, John's in a really bad way, man. He came out here and he felt like John? it was really bad. I didn't realise it was that bad. And then they're like, well, is it John? No, it's Robert Stephen Lanson Jr. Okay, Robert. So they're like, okay, Bob, Bob's in a bad way, man. Think about it, okay? What does he do with his spare time? He doesn't go hang out with any friends, man. He goes to fucking regular paranormal activities. Like, this is not normal. He's having a really tough time. What they've gone is they've gone, fuck me, Bob got done up by a ghost. That was the, where they went straight to. Well, it doesn't say whether the friends think that's what happened. I think for me, and there's been studies of this sort of thing, people who, there, there is a link between um, people with obviously psychosis and having what they believe are paranormal experiences. Um, so I think this is someone who had some level of paranoia or psychosis that left them vulnerable to their own brain's influence and like what you would like. I think he probably had some sort of experience that he hallucinated exposing himself to what he believed was a dangerous situation. And I think his mind created that and he ended up hurting himself. I don't think he went there, broke down and hurt himself in terms of a self harm sort of way. I think By it would way, have been in. We both, we're both on the understanding that it's a sort of psychological distress that's yeah, caused this. Yeah, and I yet think they, the, the guys at the hotel went straight to like, fuck me, the ghosts are killing people. Like, they're making them hurt themselves. <laughs> I, I think, for me, I could have had some sort of credibility with it being a ghost story if the wounds hadn't been self-inflicted. Like, or it had been done. Been but, related. but even if it had been like, it wasn't self-inflicted, like, well, it could have been one of his mates. He could have been banging one of their girlfriends or something. Do you know what I mean? Oh, we're visiting a haunted house. I'll get my own back and stab him. They could have been. They could have been banging each other. It could have been a stag do. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> that would be a weird stag do coming to a haunted hotel. Do you know what though? It's sort of uh, it'd work. You could play drinking games. It'd be good fun. Not no, my cup of tea. No, not for me either. If I'm being honest. No, but you wouldn't even go there. No, I wouldn't. Right, do you want me to do another one before you do one of yours? Or Yeah, no, sure. Right, yeah, this one is called A Deadly Exorcism. In, I love that all yours have got names. In August 2016, in this North week, London... A Deadly Exorcism. <laughs> in North London. <laughs> uh, 
26-year-old Kennedy Ife began acting strange and aggressive following a pain in his throat. He reportedly bit his father, threatened to cut off his own penis, and complained of a python or snake. In that, Sorry, the cutting off his own penis, I don't really get it, but... Um, and complained of a python or snake inside of him before his family restrained him to the bed with cable ties and excessive force. Uh... The family then set about attempting to cure Kennedy through restraint and prayer over the next three days, the court was told. Well, I've got to be honest, just off of this bit, we'll pause for a moment. If one of my family members is clearly having a mental breakdown, my first thought isn't tie him down and pray. Do you know what I mean? Once, once again, though, what's happened here is you've both... You know, if, if this was happened to someone in your family and, and what happened to them, you've both started on the same line. You've both called 999, but you've asked, they've asked for a priest. Well, this is the you thing. They've asked not asked for a priest. They've just ambience. dealt with it themselves. They thought, you know what? We've got this under control. <laughs> yeah. His brother, Colin Ife, told the police, uh, it's clear that that thing was in him that, we believed was a oh, demon sorry, because based it was not natural. Based on what? Was it, it clear was... that there was something in him? <laughs> it was clearly trying to kill him. We had to restrain him for himself. It was clear if we didn't restrain him, he would have tried to harm people in our family. Um, but yeah... Kennedy Ife had been bound to his bed for three days without medical attention when his brother called emergency services, explaining oh, Kennedy was was complaining of dehydration. He appeared to be to have developed breathing issues and was pronounced dead at ten seventeen a.m. that day. Uh, right, so what's happened is he's had a psychotic episode and they've killed him. Uh, basically, and yeah. they're saying they're saying a demon got into him and then killed him. Yeah, not sure uh, the court will believe that one. Not sure the jury will go for that. While police were at the house, Colin Ife, his brother, allegedly carried out an attempted resurrection by chanting and praying for Jonathan. All seven of Ken- oh, sorry for Kennedy. All seven of Kennedy's family members were accused of manslaughter, false imprisonment, and causing or allowing the death of a vulnerable adult. A post-mortem examination revealed over 60 wounds, including possible bite on Kennedy's body, and his father, Kennedy Ife, along with four of his brothers, um, had sustained injuries as well. Uh, Kenneth Ife told jurors he ordered his sons to take shifts and use overwhelming force, but denied that an association with cults, occults, and secret societies played a part in his death. After a four-day jury deliberation, all seven family members were cleared of charges on March what? 2014, uh, March 14th, 2019. What? Yeah, so they were all found innocent, basically. They tied into a bed and left him there for three days without seeing to any of his needs. I reckon what would have probably happened is their lawyer would have cited their religious beliefs as the reason they did that and why they wouldn't have called... A hospital. Balls to that. They fucking killed him. Well, no, quite. I, I agree with you. Um, like I said, my first instinct wouldn't be, let's get the priest in. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, well, apparently neither was theirs. I, lo- first, I mean, in the first instance, I love a DIY exorcism. Secondly, <laughs> if you were a police officer, 
not you know let's be fair that would make your day if you went around and you're like it's really grim man there's this there's this dead body it's a possible murder situation kidnap situation and you go there and there's a bloke trying to resurrect him by doing a chant you'd be like made my day made my day <laughs> i think what i dislike about it is i think the dad or one of the parents must have had a very tight grip over that family um, I think he probably abused them as children, which left one of them with serious psychological issues. I think like a lot of people, it was under the guise of religion and he was sort of their religious leader and familiar lead, leader in that family. Um, and then I reckon the son had a breakdown. Um, he convinced them that an exorcism was a way to go, but that they would do it themselves. And But something must have switched after three days that one of the brothers called the emergency services. I reckon that was coming for a long time. I reckon one of them, if not more, wanted to call the police from minute one. And then, yeah, and I reckon that the, probably the dad was like, no, 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 this is a, this is a, this is a demon he's possessed. We'll deal yeah. with it. We'll get him out. We'll save him. And Absolutely. Then obviously, you know, it, it kept building. And then obviously three days was the breaking point that was like, no, enough's enough, man. Fuck that. Yeah. No, I agree. There's a lot of just abuse and exploitation of vulnerable people on this list. Yeah, well, I don't think that's uncommon. Um, I think if vulnerable people are in a dangerous situation, something bad is likely to to happen. Hmm. But right, are you ready anyway, to... Drop, drop me to... Yes. Drop some knowledge. Drop some knowledge, by all means. Okay, so this one... Um, this is a guy telling his personal story. He said, my house was uh, absolutely fraught with weird stuff happening when we first moved in. Kitchen table would move overnight anywhere between a foot and a foot and a half. Keys would disappear and then show up in like the weirdest places, like where we kept the quilts. Uh, he said, my son went into the basement and things came like falling off the shelves in his direction. He also saw someone on our porch once, uh, but there was actually no one there. Um, he said, uh, one day I was sweeping, sweeping the floor and the door to the porch started going absolutely mental. He said, the dogs, who would absolutely jump at anyone, yeah. suddenly backed away, really scared and terrified. Um, and they were just staring at the door, terrified. Um, and then anyway, nothing came of it. It sort of all calmed down. And he said, and the, the, the best one for me is that uh, one morning, he walked into the kitchen table that because it moved from the night before. And he said, um, and he'd done that a few times because it kept moving. He kept walking into it and he just yeah. sort of said, can you please stop moving the kitchen table out loud to no one? And it never moved again. <laughs> so make, um, make that. The first thing that came into my mind was sleepwalking. Someone in that house is sleepwalking and just doing weird shit while they're asleep. The polite, a polite and respectful sleepwalker, though. The one he said, "Can you not move the table?" They just went subconsciously, like, "Yeah, okay." Well, that made that makes me think it's him. Maybe because there was a story um, I read online once. It was supposed to be a scary story of uh, this guy who kept waking up, couldn't remember what had happened and was finding post-it notes everywhere 
and was also finding them in like the hallway of the apartment building he lived in. Some of them would be blank. Some of them would have him have information on them. Um, and they were in his handwriting. He went to a psychologist and they couldn't get to the root of it. But what it turned out is there was a very small and slow uh, carbon monoxide leak in his apartment building. Um. And it was causing him to black out. Um, but while he was blacked out, he would leave messages for himself so that he would remember what happened. Except it didn't work because he didn't remember. Yeah. So he's got some so, yeah. communication issues. So I think that one is most likely it's someone, if not him, uh, sleepwalking or something like that. Got to be pretty strong to move a table subconsciously. Yeah. What about the basement? Stuff flying off the shelves at the kid. Oh, the thing is, you don't know. The things I've seen. Imagination. I've seen some weird stuff. Yeah, I think I'd probably put it down to that. Um, it, it's really hard because I believe in some stuff. I believe in. I don't believe in others. Um, for me to have like a real opinion on it, I'd need to meet them and hear them talk about it. If that makes sense. Yeah, to get a gauge on whether they genuinely believed it or whether. Yeah, but even then, experience something as a child, you can make yourself believe. Something happened the way it did. True. True, absolutely. It's hard to tell. I would put it more down to overactive imagination and sleepwalking. Yeah, me too. But anyway, you know, just put it out there. I quite like the fact that his subconscious respected that and stopped moving things. Yeah, no, 100%. Right, would you like another one? Of course. Uh, you might have heard of this one because it was on the news and it sort of did the rounds on Facebook and stuff like that. But it's called The Death of Elisa Lam. Elisa Lam was last seen on January the 31st, 2013 in the lobby of the Cecil Hotel in downtown LA. She was vacationing through the West Coast, documenting the trip on her blog and checking in with her parents every day. On January the 31st, those calls stopped Lamb had vanished. Soon the police were involved and the parents arrived to help with the search. They had nothing uh, until that February, LAPD released elevator surveillance footage of Lamb before her disappearance. And this is what did the rounds on Facebook. It was this girl acting really weirdly um, in this elevator, looking like someone was coming after her. All right. uh, the footage shows Lamb behaving strangely in the elevator, appearing to talk with invisible people, peering around the corner of the door, crouching in the corner and opening and closing the door. But what exactly is going on in this video raises more questions and answers. Theories range from psychotic episodes to demonic possession to unknown assailants just out of the camera's view. Uh, around that time, hotel guests started to report weird things happening with the Cecil Hotel water supply. The shower was awful, said Sabrina Bohr, who spent eight days there during the investigation. When you turned the tap on, the water was coming black first for two seconds, and then it was going back to normal. The tap water tasted horrible. Uh, it had a very funny, sweet, uh, sweaty, disgusting taste. It was a very strange taste. I can barely describe it. But for a week, they never complained. We, thought, we didn't think anything of it. We just thought it was how it was there. 
On the morning of February 19th, a hotel employee climbed to the roof and was used a ladder to investigate the hotel's water storage tanks. That's where the authorities found the decomposing naked body of Lam, whose personal items were found nearby. After an autopsy, her death was labelled accidental. Uh, but yeah, and they talk about the strange... Um, circumstances of the hotel's um, past. The tank has a metal latch that can be opened, but authorities said the access to the roof was secured um, by an alarm knock. Uh, the single-room occupancy hotel has an unusual history. The night stalker, Richard Ramirez, who was found guilty of 14 murders in the 1980s, lived on the 14th floor. Um, and international serial killer Jack Unterweger is suspected of murdering three prostitutes during the time he lived there. Um, and he killed himself in jail in 1994. Um, but yeah, basically they're saying it's a creepy hotel and uh, she ended up dead naked in a water tank at the top of the hotel. First of all, before I get to my uh, sort of analysis of the, of the actual incident, yeah. I just said, what a world we live in where footage gets released and theories range from genuine valid theories to demonic possession. <laughs> um, it's a hard one because spirituality is something that's been part of humanity since day dot, really. So I think there's validity in another, some things and not in others. But it's, I don't know, sometimes I find it really hard to instantly dismiss it. To me, immediate theory comes to mind she was probably given some kind of drugs yeah hence the kind of hallucinogenic episode in the lift mm. i think she was given drugs by someone who intended to kill her and i think that was a hotel employee hence their access to the roof hence their access their knowledge about the tank and that mm. and it may well have even been the bloke who went up and checked it because he probably thought a couple of months has passed. If I'm the one that checks it, I'm not going to be the one who did it. You know, they won't think I'm the one who... Yeah, that's true. No, I think that's, that's a good shout. I mean, genuinely, I don't have any idea. I, I lean towards someone murdered her because I don't see why you would naked climb up a ladder and climb into a water tank and then how did the where did the ladder go? And, you know, so no, I've, I think it's definitely someone's murdered her. Yeah, and I think if you're gonna, if you are into that and you're into killing, you know, we're humans. We like a bit of superstition. Going to somewhere that's synonymous with murderers is like a. Well, you, you might even find it some sort of weird, perverse copycat sort of person that was yeah. living there to get off on the idea people could have been murdered there. And yeah, I mean, she's not the first body to have been found in a in a hotel's water tank. No, that's no, true. So no, that's very true. Possibilities, but I think definitely an employee. But I've yeah, no, I think I probably agree with you. I've seen the footage though, and it is really creepy. Um, so yeah, I would say so that. What do you make of it then? I mean, you've seen it, and you're less. I, I don't know. Her. She she she, she does behave very oddly, but the idea of her being drugged would definitely explain the behaviour. Um, but she looks genuinely frightened. She doesn't 100% seem with it. Um, and yeah, it's just a very eerie video. There's definitely something going on. Um, but as to what that is, I don't know. I wonder why they waited until February to release it. 
maybe they hoped it would stir people to go, oh, her, yeah, I did see something weird, or, you know, to jog people's memories, maybe. In a murder case, you know, they always say the first 24 hours, the first 48 hours are, like, key, absolutely key, and therefore, you know, you um, you put it out as soon as you suspect foul play, you put it out and you say, we're we looking for whoever did this. I don't know, like, I'm not. I'm not suggesting there's anything foul play there involved at all. No, it's, it's a odd. tough one. No, it's very odd. Um, Do you want me to drop another one? Yeah, by all means. Okay, so um, this was shared on Reddit. Uh, one day when my daughter was two, we were having a typical terrible twos moment. She was throwing a bit of a tantrum for about five or ten minutes and we could not get her under control at some point though she just sort of suddenly stopped and started staring at the wall then she started like uh, sort of giggling a little bit until it, and it was really weird and it freaked us out because one minute she's crying and screaming and the next she's really smiling and happy and then she started saying funny lady funny lady funny lady just over and over again and laughing and staring at the wall and we asked her who she saw and she pointed to the wall and she said the funny lady and we said well there's nothing well, you know, we can't see anything. Can you describe her to us? Yeah. And she des- she described my deceased grandmother. And I she means exactly described her. You, you, it was freaky, the amount of detail she went into. And she'd never met her. My grandmother died before she was born. She'd never yeah. met her before. And she said, and anyway, like, it was really creepy. Um, we try not to think about it too much. Because um, both myself and my partner are very sceptical. So we didn't really put anything in it. Um, but anyway, she she said um a little while later she told her parents that she was like oh do you want to hear this funny you know it's it's a unique thing you tell them and her mum apparently wasn't just wasn't phased by it Mm. and i said like what you know are you you not going to say anything more on it and they just and her mum just said to me and said like actually you obviously don't remember this but the same thing happened to you when you were three you you saw your grandfather who you'd never met who died before you was born yeah it's a weird one isn't it um yeah i I think um with those ones it's it's a tough one because you could easily explain it by saying well they must have seen a photo of at some point or something Mm -hmm. um to see them but there is also it's harder to get away with in this day and age than it was a hundred or 200 years ago. Yeah. Because I suppose the technology now means that subconsciously we take it. I mean, more I haven't checked the actual stuff on it, but I've been told quite a few times that it is quite well known. Children tend to work on a different frequency or they're more open to things than we are as adults. Hmm. Um, so they're more likely if they're going, to, if anyone's going to see anything, um, it would be children. Uh, Which, of course, is an immediate thing for a sceptic because it's like, well, they're the least reliable, least credible source. Well, quite. Um, but it's a weird one. I mean, my logical side of me says it's probably more likely the little girl has seen a, a picture of a great-grandmother at some point um, and that's, um, for whatever reason, at that moment, that's who she saw and made her feel better but it is weird mm. that in that situation that's what would stop that's her crying her. yeah yeah uh, 
So I, I honestly don't know. I suppose is my I suppose the, the hereditary thing is this, the obvious answer, but the idea that her mum had a similar experience as a child. Yeah. It's, so there's obviously their brains obviously work in a very similar way. It seems. Yes. Yeah, it seems that way, but, then, but oh, it's a weird one. because oh, it, It's hard because, like I said, I do believe in some of it a little bit, but like I said, I have a logical side of my brain that's like, well, no, there has to be something a reason a way um, an explanation i would say in that situation it could be her mum imagines that she had that situation when she was a kid i don't know um, well her her parents said it her parents told her oh okay um her parents said oh you obviously don't remember but same thing happened to you when you were about her age you saw your grandfather when you were three I honestly yeah, don't maybe know. Brains just work. Yeah, maybe maybe it's something work. to do with so the way their brains are wired. Consciously or... take the information and. Yeah, possibly. No, I don't know what I think of that one. Good. That's what we want. That's what the whole point of the paranormal is—the the unexplained, the difficult to explain. Anyway. Yeah, I mean there are there's explanations for some of it, but as to why both of them had the same experience, um, mm. is odd. Um, and there's no reason for the parents to lie or anything or for them to have imagined it or both to have imagined no, it. No, although, of course, so, there is the idea that they're just on a wind-up. Always a possibility. Yeah, I guess so. But then you, you'd ask, well, what purpose would that serve other than just creeping their daughter out? That's enough of a purpose. I guess so. It's just weird. Um, right. Uh, right, this story is called Sloss Furnaces in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, Sloss Furnaces, as read by Andrew Scott. <laughs> Birmingham, Alabama was founded in 1871, five years after the Civil War. And with it, they need tons of pig iron to fix America's crumbling infrastructure. To satisfy the demand, Colonel James Withers Sloss started construction on Sloss Furnaces. A year later, the company opened the doors to hundreds of employees, according to its official website. Working on blast furnaces was an advanced job, and it was also dangerous. That danger was soon realised as many workers started being incinerated in the furnaces and falling to their deaths. Uh, conditions only worsened in the early 1900s after a cruel foreman, James... <laughs> and then it has an air quotes, slag wormwood, took the job of slots. <laughs> That's a weird thing to nickname a man. Do you know what I mean? But anyway. You uh, might slag, though. We don't know. Uh, Wormwood took dangerous risks in order to increase production. As a result, nearly 50 employees died on site and many were involved in terrible accidents during this tenure. Allegedly, in retaliation, his workers tossed him into the furnace in 1906. Uh, you can still tour the grounds today if you dare. While there, you might just hear the voice of Slag telling his employees to get back to work, along with other paranormal occurrences. Sloss even hosts a fright night every year around Halloween that's based heavily on the Slag story. <laughs> you lose all credibility when the character's called Slag. The thing is, it's such a, like, I don't know what Slag is in America. I don't know, certainly in, in the late 19th century, I don't know what Slag is. But no. to us, it's a very London thing. You Slag. You slag. 
It's based on you cheeky bastard, isn't it? So it's like they were saying. Even the kind of the slightly before us, the kind of slightly less regional version of slag, where slag is just someone who sleeps around a slapper. Yeah, Yeah, you see fucking, you know, that bloke's fucking slag. That's what you think. You're like, oh, slag. But you never call anyone slag. You'd be like, you know, you'd say you slag, but you never say, oh, I'll slag. You'd say slaggy. (laughs) Oh, slaggy. That's such a conversation, isn't it? Like, he's not that sort of slag, he's this sort of slag. Yeah, uh, you call him slagger, slaggy. You can call yeah, him but again, slagger. that's not something we typically call men. Do no, I'm so. Can I just say there was something that immediately struck me? By the way, was when you said you can still visit the site. Yeah. Okay. Can I just say firmly, absolutely not. I do not want to go to Alabama. Is that because of how conservative they are? And inbred. It's just not something that I wish to. They're very. It's like redneck <laughs> capital, isn't it? I thought we weren't insulting people anymore. It's a crossing sort of tradition. I just feel it wouldn't be right if we didn't take a swing at someone. Okay, I think I, I, I wouldn't pay to go there if that makes sense. It's like most of these things. Like, if I happened upon them and I had a spare day, I might be like, oh, yeah, why not? But, like, I'm not paying money to go for a tour of... Yeah, you're not making it your trip. No, I'm not going... If I'm going to America for the first time, it isn't going to be to go to Alabama to visit Sloss Furnaces. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'd have other things top of my list, I would imagine, before that. Yeah, no, you, I mean, I wonder what slag sounds like. See, I can't just, I can't as a Londoner, I cannot say No, I just went London, I was trying to do an American accent and I instantly went London. You slag? You just can't do it. It just doesn't. You work. sounded Australian then. I know you can't do it because you, you can't do it. You just got to be like. Listen and do you know what that makes me think of? That makes me think of that road trip to Bournemouth when we were with our mutual friend, um, and we were doing the accents. Oh game. yes. And we said, yes. "Do Danny like no, because no, we didn't because we we didn't we did stuff like because we were like, okay, do so and so, and they came out just the guy was just doing his normal London voice and we're like okay do so and so and like Schwarzenegger and he was just doing his own London voice we were like okay fine let's pick someone from London so that you can do this so that we can give you a win so we picked and Danny Dyer didn't we and he then suddenly yeah. went Liverpudlian and we were like what yeah, the like fuck Irish is wrong with you? and it was like oh I'm Danny Dyer and you're like well who the fuck's that <laughs> so Schwarzenegger sounds like this but Danny Dyer, who sounds more like this, actually sounds, oh, Lottie, anyway. <laughs> it's Danny Dyer. Get out of my pub. Like, I don't know where it came from. It's so fucked. It's so no, funny. No. It was so funny. Right, what were we talking about? So the word slag. Slag, yeah. Um, you know what? We've so had yeah. many conversations about slags, but none of them like this. Well, well, j- just because a woman is liberal with her affections does not make her a slag, Jay. It's, you know... 2021 by point her in a brother's direction get hashtag woke. point her out no her i'm out not sending i'm not sending her off to get emotionally physically and mentally abused i'm sorry i don't do that anymore not all in one <laughs> she don't deserve it jake she deserves better than that if i'm sending oh, her anywhere i'm, I'm sending that. her to us <laughs> wow <laughs> wow <laughs> 
Right, on that note, we'll move on to another one. And it might be our last one. We'll see how we get on. Uh, this one is The Bell Witch from Adams, Tennessee. If you're a scary movie lover, you might actually know about The Bell Witch. The film, uh, the films in American Haunting and The Blair Witch Project are both based on this story. Way back in the early 1800s, a man named John Bell moved his family to an area of Tennessee called Red River which is now known as Adams, Tennessee. After they had settled in the new home, some peculiar things started happening. The Bell family began hearing some bizarre noises, including dogs barking, chains rattling, rats chewing, and a woman whispering. Soon that woman became known as the Bell Witch, and many people believe she is the ghost of a former neighbour of the Bells, Kate Bats. Bats and the Bells had a dispute over land, and she had sworn vengeance on the Bell family before she died. Later on, Bell died from poisoning and is rumoured to work uh, to be the work of the Bell Witch. So she somehow poisoned him beyond the grave? Apparently. Could or just his be his wife. wife. He could have just been a bit of a bell end, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, or his wife had nothing and was like, oh, do you know what? These are superstitious people. The witch cursed him. If I kill him now, scot free. Absolutely scot free. They'll be like, oh, the witch, the witch. Love it. <laughs> Eat that, you cunt. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that one was pretty shit. Should we move on to another one? Yeah, sure. Right, this one's called Hugging Molly in Abbeville, Alabama. It's best to say when the sun sets in Abbeville, Alabama, if you want to avoid hugging Molly's chilly embrace, as the legend goes, beginning in the early 1900s, uh, and Can I just say, by the way, right. the hugging Molly just sounds like a euphemism for taking drugs. <laughs> it does a little bit, doesn't it? Um, as the legend goes, an oversized figure clad in all black began roaming the streets at night looking for unsuspecting victims. Once she fixates... You face. <laughs> Once she fixates on someone, she hugs the person and screams ever so loudly into their ears. Many people have recounted stories of being chased by what they believe was hugging Molly. Local parents have been... have even been taken... A, have even taken advantage of the story to keep their children in line. The town embraces its nighttime warden proudly, calling itself the home of Hugging Molly. There's even a family-friendly restaurant named after her. Okay, I've got one question. What's that? How do you keep your children in line by telling them about a story about a woman who's going to come and hug them? Well, I suppose they're really like... Bad, she'll come well, no, no, but this woman like, screams and scares them, I guess. Also, like, where's the paranormal thing? It might just be a, a mentally deranged woman walking around town hugging people. Well, no, it sounds like it's something that's been going on for a long time. I guess it's probably something... It probably originates with a woman from a local asylum that escaped an early one morning, scared the shit out of some people, and it just went from there, and her name was Molly. What happened? She hugged and screamed at me. You know, just... And to know, be honest as well, like... I, I mean, I, I guess I'd like to just... Put in that I think it's nice that there's a ghost story out there that is, is a nice positive ghost. You know, there's no killing, there's no manipulation. It's just a hug. Just comes up, hugs you. Sure, she screams, but she's gotten, you know, it's been a long time since she's had human interaction, like decent human interaction, okay? Her social skills are not at the top game. <laughs> it's just a nice hug. I love how understanding you are of the ghost, Jake. 
I think I think me and Molly would be friends. I think we'd get on really well. Fair enough. Well, all right. I'll tell you Again, what. This will probably like drugs. I guess so. Like, what do you reckon? People have been out in the middle of the night tripping on whatever, and have just just hugging lampposts and shit, and screaming at each other, and being like, "Oh my god, there was a lady that hugged me and screamed." Yeah, that was my mum. <laughs> She's a bit of a weird one. We can't afford a we can't afford a home. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, anyway, sorry. No, that's all right. We'll probably do one more. I know I said that earlier, but sure. we've still got a little bit of time. Probably do one more and then wrap things up. Uh, but this one is called The Ghost of Deer Island in Biloxi, Mississippi. Back on May 20th, 1922, Anthony Ragusin, a.k.a. Mr. Tony, I don't know why they needed to add that, but Mr. Tony, Mr. Tony. relayed this tale in a column in the Sun Herald. He writes that in the early 1800s, two fishermen spent the night on Deer Island off Biloxi's coast. They heard noises that they ignored until it became impossible to do so. When they went to see what was causing the ruckus, they claimed they found a headless skeleton that ran after the pair. They immediately made a beeline for their boat and got off the island immediately. It's said that the bony frame belongs to a pirate who had his head chopped off by his captain and his body was left behind as a ghastly guard to watch over the buried treasure. I mean, first of all, slow news day or what? They let well, it's a very... Tony paper but also why was he called mr tony do you know what i mean that's, oh, that's, a, weird. that's a good nickname like it, it sounds mr tony sounds like a pedophile do you know what i mean <laughs> i hadn't considered that aspect no but does it not like am i not but it's definitely a weird video yeah like... <laughs> it does a little bit Sounds like a paedophile. I'm, I'm sorry. It sounds like a nickname. I have a friend called Tony, and he's got two lovely kids. He's a lovely bloke. He's not a paedophile, but he doesn't walk around calling himself Mr. Tony. Do you know what I mean? I know, but I might start. I might start. Mr. Tony. <laughs> no, but that's, but the thing like is, you're English, doesn't it? Mr. Tony, Mr. Tony. <laughs> right, so now you're just I can't help I give off that kind of power. Yes, I am. I've already done Alabama. Now the rest of the world. But right, so what, like, what I find weird about that story is that they went straight to it's a pirate's there's a pirate that's haunting this island. Like, is there any evidence in a nearby area that pirates ever visited Biloxi, Mississippi? Or was this just a random pirate yeah, that thought place to bury me treasure? Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I think the bury treasure was like modern piracy. It was like Oh, DVDs. <laughs> yeah, just a stash of old DVDs <laughs> that have all been copied. <laughs> Avatar with someone's photocopied to cover on. Brilliant, absolutely. Um, but, um, it has it has rings of Brokeback Mountain as well to me. What? Like, uh, what? <laughs> two, two fishermen have gone out to spend some time on the island together. What, alone. do you reckon they drank a bit too much, dropped some molly, hugged each other, it got weird? And you know, one thing led to another. They're one right, of them did their cock out. And they're to, like, this is to stop. We need to manly this up. They're like, we need to. <laughs> how do we do that? 
we'll, 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 we'll have an encounter with a ghost. Okay. Well, but, well do you know what? The one thing that would make it less gay is if he wasn't talking to him with the other one's cock in his mouth. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> There's I mean, you know, pirates, they were like, hey, come check this, check these guys out. Making laugh. Are, what would make this less gay? How do we make this less gay? Yeah, <laughs> bent over all fours. We need to make this just a little less gay. How do we tone this down? <laughs> do you watch wrestling while it's on? No, that's still gay. <laughs> <laughs> we do wrestling? <laughs> We wrestle and accidentally have sex. Happens. It does happen. You and I both know that. It's happened on numerous occasions. Yeah, so I think in general, I think I'm far more sceptical of ghost stories now than I used to be. But some of them are just like... Why do you think that is? There's a reason for that. Um, I think I'm a bit more, just a bit more sceptical now. Um, and I think I'm less frightened of spiritual stuff than I was when I was perhaps a teenager. So now it doesn't scare me as much. Yeah. Maybe, so then, I therefore, I, it it seems more fake to me now. I guess it's fake news. Trust Ghosts. me, I know. Uh, yeah, By the maybe. way, as know. time of recording, whoop whoop, he's no longer the president. Well, you say it's time recording. You say that as if there's a chance that by the time this goes out, he's going to be back in charge. <laughs> Can you imagine, mate? We have a habit of when we record this and we mention big world events, and we're like, any day now, this could happen, or something like it that. Happen. It I happens like the, that it... like the day before we release in the episode, or do you know what I mean? I've got this picture in my head of just of just Trump going up to the White House and, and sort of them being like, no, you know, you don't live for anybody. He's like, no, no, I forgot my keys. And they're like, okay, go on in. And then a couple of days later, he's just like <laughs> sitting at the Oval Office desk, just being like, what? I don't know what you... I'm still the president. And Biden's like, and he's like, but Joe, Biden you're always number two. And he's just like, ah, okay, fair enough. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> he's just in the corner. He's like talking to his wife. He's like, he's been here for two days. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I just love the idea that I could end up seeing Trump being thrown out, and they're like, "Sir, you no longer live here." <laughs> it's like that's fake news. <laughs> He's like, "They robbed the election." <laughs> Do you know what I can fully see? Just to bring it a bit full circle, I can fully see Trump being part of ghost stories a hundred years from now in the White House. <laughs> People just seeing flashes of orange. <laughs> And women feeling like they're being grabbed by their genitals. I mean, no, yeah. sorry, no. Flashes, flashes of orange and a grip around the, you know. <laughs> they're what's it? I don't know why. I don't know why I stopped at the word pussy considering <laughs> I've already said cunt earlier in the episode. No, but the weird thing was, it, it was, it was the hand thing you did. Like it was sort of like the Jay Cartwright <laughs> feed the pony. <laughs> it was a little bit like that, which was creepy. I just, I could just imagine that happening a hundred years from now, just women being like, you know why you felt that, don't you? Why? Okay, so a hundred years ago, there was this president. <laughs> and he either he, liked grabbing women by their vaginas or being pissed on. Either or. Or both. But we don't yeah. kink shame. We Donald shame, but we don't kink shame. 
I don't get the P thing, though. I really don't. I'll tell you what, guys. Please write in. If you know someone, who, like if you have a friend who's into golden showers and stuff like that, wet work, I believe it's called, then uh, please write in and let us know what it is they're into. What what they enjoy yeah, about and we can ah, and that's a good idea because episode sixty nine, we're talking about sex. So by all means, talk to us about Let's your golden about showers, sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good. Th- no, um, I'll stop. You sounded Sorry. weirdly like uh, like you were trying to sound like Michael Jackson. Yeah, a little bit. Sometimes when I think of sex, I think of Michael Jackson. Is that weird? <laughs> a little bit weird. And on that no, note, okay. I think it's as I good as any. Bit. To tell the people where they can find us, Jake, it will be somewhere sure, can, around. You can find us. Uh, it will be somewhere on the display. It'll be at Crossing Swords on Facebook, at Swords Crossing on Twitter, at Crossing Swords underscore podcast on uh, Instagram, and Crossing Sword One Nine at Gmail If you want to email us and tell us about your friend who has a pee fetish and what it is they find appealing about it. Absolutely, and uh, on the wonderful golden Golden, shower of information uh please stay safe and look after yourselves and if you see any ghosts you know what to do we don't we haven't given you any useful information in that (laughs) call a priest at 999 call a priest 999 call a priest 999 hello priest please you are welcome they will put you through to the vatican up the vatican i promise it's, it's better everyone knows. 999, you get fire, ambulance, police, priests. <laughs> everyone knows that. <laughs> and on that note, who are you going to call? Priest. <laughs> but just make sure, you know, when you think about it, remember that it's 999 and it's not like 696 because that's a different number. That gets you through. That's sort of, that goes through to me. That's my number. But please, if you're in, if and you're don't in forget to ask for Big Mike. <laughs> if you're in a scary situation, dial nine 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 straight away and ask for the priest. Please, please, yes. guys, take our advice and be be safe. Take care. Bye.